I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm your host, Patty Teal, here as always with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson, who always warns us about the latest scams. What do you have for us today, Vicki? Hi, Patty. Well, there's a lot of reports recently from people that are getting calls and texts from somebody impersonating their bank and, of course, trying to get personal information. We had an example recently where the victim got a phone call from somebody impersonating her bank, and that was as a part of a very sophisticated tech support scam. Well, you know, to send a text, the scammers have to have our number, and of course, people don't use phone books anymore, so how do they get our numbers in order to try to scam us? Well, that is a very good question. Now, sometimes your phone number is leaked in a data breach, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later. But there are other ways that your number might end up on the internet. For example, your phone number might be linked to a social media or other online account. You might have entered in your information for a free trial or some kind of a contest and your phone number was published. And I might add, you really do have to be careful about entering any kind of contest. You usually end up giving up way too much personal information. Or you may have provided a phone number for a product you purchased, maybe just to get loyalty points. Yeah, there's so many people asking for our phone numbers, that's for sure. And how can we find out if our number has been exposed? Yeah, good point. Well, you can do a web search of your name and your phone number and see what comes up. For example, you might find that your number comes up on an old employer's website. That's so interesting. Are there ways we can keep our number private and safe? Yes. Now, I will say that data breaches are a big problem. And we recently talked to a victim whose number the scammers probably found as a result of a data breach in the PERS system. That's the Public Employment Retirement System. So one thing you might try and do is to stay informed about data breaches that might somehow affect you. For example, and this is a little bit scary, Medicare announced that one of its contractors was hacked and the personal information of 612,000 Medicare beneficiaries was exposed. Oh my gosh, that is a lot of people. What kind of information did the scammers get? Well, they got good information for their uses, social security numbers, birth dates, driver's license numbers, health insurance claims, medical history notes, prescription information, you name it, lots of information. Gosh, and as you know and you told us, the scammers can do a lot of damage with that information. They can use your information to take over your existing bank accounts. They can open new accounts. And if somebody starts using your Medicare number for medical visits, that can negatively impact your ability to use your benefits. How would somebody know if their information was breached? In the incident that I just mentioned, you'll get a letter from Medicare or from their contractor, Maximus, if the breach could have affected you. So if you feel like your data was breached, how can you protect yourself after that? 
first of all, monitor your benefits. Medicare recipients always get very frequent updates showing what benefits they have used and what medical facilities they've been to. See if there are any unexpected charges. Also, in an abundance of caution, place a credit freeze or a fraud alert on your credit report through TransUnion, Equifax, or Experian, our credit reporting agencies. And also check those credit reports for any kind of suspicious activity. And of course, carefully monitor your bank accounts. And probably the best way to do that is to go online so you can monitor your account on a daily basis. I know that's such important information, but it sounds like, boy, there's so much you've got to do just to live and stay safe these days, isn't it? So true. So true. Yeah. Anything else we can do to protect our phone information? They suggest that you use multi-factor identification to get into your phone. For example, you might use a password and face recognition. Also, take a look at your social media profiles and make sure your phone number is not publicly visible. In other words, review your privacy settings. Be very, very careful about sharing your phone number online, even when you're trying to sign up for services or discounts. And be very careful that the apps that you want to sign up for don't require your phone number in order to set up an account. Gosh, this is such great information, Vicki. I just have to share that so often I'll see something that I'm interested in. Oh, maybe it's you can get a lower rate on your car insurance. It could be anything. But immediately they want you to give them your information. I usually back out at that point because I don't know who I'm sharing it with, but it comes up almost every day. So what about answering calls from numbers you don't recognize? Well, that's a good question. And you have to remember that scammers can manipulate the caller ID identification to make it look like the number is coming from your area code, even if you don't recognize the exact phone number. So first of all, have caller ID on your phone and never answer the phone if you don't recognize the caller or the phone number. But it's probably safest to just let it go to voicemail. And if somebody really needs to get a hold of you, they will leave a message and just let it go to voicemail and get the information that way. Good advice, Vicki. It sounds like the best advice in general is to not pick up the phone. It makes me think about the days when we had the voice machines where you could listen and pick up only if you knew who it was. But I don't know how many people have them these days. Do you? I don't, but it's a really good thing to have. I have it. And I know from personal experience that I never pick up my phone and I actually get very few scam or robocalls because I've been not picking up my phone for many years now. And remember, if you do get a call or a text from somebody claiming to be your bank or maybe the IRS or your credit union, the minute they start asking you for personal information like your bank account number, your social security number, passwords, hang up. It is a scam. Gosh, it's so important to remember that. Are there any other warning signs if we do get one of these calls from someone saying that they're from our bank? Absolutely. If the caller tries to pressure you into taking some kind of immediate action, like taking all of your money out of the bank and and (laughs) putting it in another account or something like that, hang up. And if you do get a text that looks like it comes from your bank, be suspicious. Don't use any phone number in the text to double check. Find the bank's phone number from your checks or from a bank statement and call that number. And one scam that's out there right now does start with the text asking you to confirm or deny a transaction. 
the bank supposedly telling you that there might be suspicious activity on your account. But if you respond to that, you will then get a call from somebody claiming to be from your bank and asking for more information in order to help you. Well, they're really trying to get information to scam you. Right, right. And it's so tempting when you see that. Oh, somebody is trying to help me. I've got to stop this from this transaction from coming through so I can understand. So what if someone falls for that scam before they've thought it through? Well, if you do, immediately call your bank so you can make sure that no more money is fraudulently taken. And you're going to probably have to shut down your account and start another account. I just had to do that recently because a fraudulent check was written on my account. It's not that hard to do. It doesn't take that long. Then report the fraud to ic3.gov. Take the time to make that report and also to ftc.gov. Yeah, you know, Vicki, just today I had some suspicious transactions on my account and I didn't recognize who it came from. And when I looked it up online, you won't believe it. It was a company saying that they helped you with scams and phishing. Oh my gosh. I mean, you just, I've never seen the site before. I know I didn't sign up for it. It's the second time they've tried to run a charge through the bank. So you just can't be too careful. You cannot be too careful. And I I must issue a warning. This has to do with impersonation scams, but just got the bulletin from the IRS. And they're once again warning us to be on the lookout for several IRS scams that are happening right now. So we often hear about these IRS scams closer to tax season, but what are they warning us about now? What are these scammers up to? Well, apparently these scams are trying to mislead people into believing that the IRS owes us money. Would that it was true. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. How do these scams work? Well, we've talked about this one before. You might get a cardboard envelope from a delivery service and a letter is enclosed with the IRS letter head, looks exactly like it, and it said that this notice is in relation to your unclaimed refund. And the fake letter contains false contact information. And of course, it always asks for personal and financial information. And strangely enough, they want a detailed photo of your driver license. Or you might get an email reminding you to claim your employee retention credit or your stimulus. Now, these emails will lead you to a company that offers to search for unclaimed funds if you pay a sizable fee up front. Wow. Once again, in addition to wanting to get your money in an easy way, just asking for it for a service that probably doesn't exist, they're trying to get your personal information. That's right. And apparently a person's driver's license is for some reason a hot commodity on the dark web these days. So if they just get that, they're able to sell it for some money. Wow. So what should you do if you get one of these packages or emails? Just ignore it. I know it's kind of hard to do because, you know, what if it were real? What if Mm -hmm. I were to get money from the IRS? Just ignore it. But if for some reason you think you actually are owed money, contact a trusted tax professional or call the IRS and see what they can tell you. Great advice. I wonder if they're getting a lot of calls these days. I hear you owe me money. (laughs) They probably are. (laughs) You you probably cannot get through unless you're willing to wait four hours on the phone. That's probably true. Probably true. But better than losing money. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you for these great warnings, Vicki. They were really great. Can't wait to hear what you're up to next week and what you're going to warn us about. Okay. I'll see you then, Patty. Okay. Bye, Vicki. Bye.